Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam, and I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. For those of you who are new to Radio Islam, we welcome you. Thanks for joining us. We're a live call-in talk show broadcasting from Chicago on WCEB 1450 AM. And you can hear our live stream at www.wcb1450.com. And remember, folks, you can now catch us on the TuneIn app at WCEV. So I hope everyone is doing all right. Uh, If you haven't already done so, make sure that you're keeping up with us on social media by following and liking us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. Um, If you got a point that you would like to make tonight, a question or comment, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And the last thing I'm going to say before we get into our uh, this uh, great show that we have tonight is that whatever you hear that you like, you can always find it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, If that's Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or iTunes, look for us at Radio Islam USA. And remember this, sharing is caring. So if you like it, someone else will like it too. So make sure you're sharing that. What sound? Oh, oh. So yeah, if you hear this sound, this this the, the rubbing is there, okay. Yeah. So Ibrahim just just uh, called me out on the rubbing. All right. So uh, r- real quick story. So I went in to see my chiropractor earlier today, and uh, she recommended that I <laughs> replace my regular office chair with the exercise ball. So if you hear a little bit of scrunching, uh, that's the ball up against the wall. So I'm going to try to keep that to a minimum, but it's for my core. So, uh, so that's that. All right. going to really like that. Okay. And that voice, that, that voice that you hear, uh, it is our in-studio guest tonight, uh, my friend, our sister, uh, Dr. Dalara Saeed, who is running for, she's a candidate was running for the Illinois State Representative's 5th District. Um, and we're going to have a uh, just an open conversation tonight uh, about a lot of things that folks don't often talk about, uh, where we should talk about them. We talk about them, you know, in, in, in silos. We talk about them around the kitchen table with uh, in safe places, but we don't talk about them in, in public forums, or at least not often enough. So before we get into that conversation, let me just give you a brief picture of who Dr. Delara is. Uh, She is an educator and community leader for over 20 years. Uh, She's a former teacher and education policy expert who uses her real world experience to help people of all backgrounds succeed. As an eighth grade teacher, she focused on race and pluralism issues in the United States. Over her career, uh, she's worked with the Children's Defense Fund to disrupt cradle to prison pipelines has facilitated inclusion and equity programs, and has worked with school districts to increase parent and community engagement. At District 203, Delara was mentored by master educators and activists and learned what it make, what makes community successful. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum salam, Tariq. How are you? And please call me Delara. Well, Doctor know, sounds so stuffy. Well, we want to let folks know you are accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... First of all, it's great to have you have you here uh, to have this conversation. And well, first let's just let's just start out. I mean, it's, it's going to be organic. Um, yeah. We're, we're not following a script per se. Yeah. Um, so uh, first off, you're running for a state rep in the fifth district. Yep. Uh, what what made you decide to to seek office? Right. Right. Um, and actually. Uh, if you'd even asked me about six months ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Delara, would you consider running for office? And over the years, people like you mm-hmm. and people like me, activists uh, in many different ways, have been asked, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, step up to the next level. Um, and I have always said, excuse and I'm going to keep it clean, <laughs> heck no. <laughs> right. <laughs> heck no. I mean, this is for somebody else, right? I, I work behind the scenes. I'm an educator. I'm a daughter of the community, a leader in the American Muslim community, as well as an activist in education and education policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, of course, a political junkie like you are. I listen to CNN and I watch at Fox News. I want to get both sides. I have contributed and called and canvassed for a bunch of different politicians and elected officials, but always behind the scenes. Right. 
And one reason I started to think about this is local. And the main reason I started to I thought about running is actually national. So let me start with the local. As an educator, I have watched our state, Tarek, be 50th out of 50th in education funding. Yeah. Maybe our listeners don't know this. We are dead last. Mm -hmm. When you think about high property taxes, it's because the state only pays for 25% of our schools. Property taxes pay for 75% of our schools. And that's why people are willing to move to neighborhoods where there's high property taxes because they want the good schools there. Therein lies the disparity. Yeah, absolutely. And there are places where we are paying high property taxes and still not getting great schools. And that's a lot of the South Side where it's part of my district. So number one was very local. So as, as an educator on the ground every day, I know what 200 days inside of a school looks like mm. when the social work caseload is so high that students are falling through the cracks when programs are cut and after-school um, skills aren't built you know and so I understand all of this and I've always thought we should have more educators at the state level mm -hmm. children and families of low income and children do not have lobbyists <laughs> they right. don't have lobbyists so mm -hmm. we've got to have a voice for them it should be educators at the state level right. And then in 2016 at the national level, with all our behind the scenes work in our communities as engineers and doctors and teachers and laborers and union workers, we still elected the most divisive president in my lifetime and in probably in the history of the United States of America. Yeah. What that meant is we needed to step up in a different way. So you, we needed to come from behind the scenes onto center stage. Yeah, it is not a time for, uh, for hiding. No, <laughs> no. So uh, tell the Radio Islam family a little bit about your background, because I know uh, the, the intro was very, very short, but just a, a little bit about what makes you uh, different. Yeah, so um, I'm a Head Start kid mm. from the city of Chicago. Uh, my dad and mom were a CTA ticket agent and a U.S. postal clerk, union members. In fact, to this day, uh, my dad pays his union fees, and I, and I asked him to tell me why. And he said, we didn't come to the United States as professionals. We didn't come to the United States. And they immigrated uh, in the early 70s, late 60s as someone who'd already come with degrees. We came to the United States hungry to build a better life. You know and their, their first generation unions. And then when I grew up, I became a teacher. And so our family has two generations of union members. This is the salt of uh, the earth. This is the American story of the people in my communities and my district. Mm -hmm. What makes me different is that I don't have a rags to riches story. I have a story that probably a lot of Americans across this country have. You know, um Radio Islam family. Now, we mentioned that we were going to be having a conversation about, uh, we threw four words out there. Yeah. We said uh, race, religion, class, and politics. And what you just mentioned, I think, goes to uh, there's a, a stereotype mm -hmm. that, uh, that anyone who has immigrated here, that, th that the majority of those who immigrated, um, that they, or I shouldn't say the majority, that all that came here, came here with professional mm -hmm. degrees, already accomplished, mm -hmm. ready to kind of step, just kind of slide into uh, a, a position. Yeah. Uh, and what you're saying is that, well, that's not the case. No. So um, once again, kind of going back to the, the biases or stereotypes that we have right. of one another that we don't often get past because my big thing, what I've, I've, I've spent many years doing is trying to bring people together, having, yeah. you know, honest communication. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So that's all. And, and really, what makes me different is is that I actually fit the American, you know, like I said, story of the salt of the earth, right? Like this district. And if you are near a computer or on your phone, go on votedilara.com, v o t e d i l a r a dot com, and go to the page that says fifth district. Mm -hmm. 
And I want you to look at that map. It runs through the heart of Chicago from the Gold Coast to the Soul Coast. <laughs> it runs from Water Tower on Michigan Avenue, um, somewhat segregated white wealth, high net worth, sure. through the Loop and the South Loop, progressive, middle class, diverse communities, through the heart of the South Side. Now this is segregated black communities, but they're not segregated by class or profession. In South Shore on 79th Street, you have middle class and you know beautiful black communities with great lawns and living in bungalows. Mm -hmm. In Greater Grand Crossing, you have transitional communities, uh, working class communities. In Englewood, we have some of the highest crime and some of the um, highest unemployment. It's not by coincidence that the two happen to intersect. Sure. And then in Bronzeville, we also have, again, middle-class transitional communities. So this is a very diverse community by race, black and white, and everyone in between, sure. by class, rich, poor, and everyone in between, gay, straight. We have two um, beautiful masjids, Masjid al-Ahsan and the Downtown Islamic Center, very different. We have a couple of synagogues. We have a Mormon church, a Buddhist temple, Catholic churches, and a slew of beautiful African-American, uh, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, and um, uh, life centers. And so this is a slice of America, and what makes me different than any other candidate is that I'm a slice of this community. I'm a bridge builder. Yeah. I am a bridge builder across all of these spaces. And that's what we need in America right now. We need bridge builders because leaders are dividing us. Mm -hmm. Our own issues and baggage that we're bringing are dividing us. And we need elected officials and the next generation of leaders to talk about how do we build bridges, coalitions, and work together. All right. So in your, in your time now, we've been out meeting community members, uh, folks in the 5th District, mm -hmm. uh, with such a broad variety uh -huh. uh, uh, present within the, with, uh, the demographic representation. Uh, what has been your experience thus far <laughs> with that variety? So I'll knock on a door in the South Shore or Greater Grand Crossing. Mm -hmm. Someone will open the door and they'll say, hey, wow, you know, <laughs> surprise, because that's not the typical person they're going to see at their doorstep. Right. Um, and, and I'll say, hi, my name is Delara Saeed. You know, I'm running for state representative. I've been a teacher and I've been a small businesswoman, and now I'm tossing my scarf into the ring. They'll chuckle and they'll say, you know, assalamu alaikum, uh, my, my brother's Muslim, or my father was Muslim, or they'll say, I'm dating a Muslim. Right. <laughs> that I'll hear that more often than you will think, Tariq. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't surprise us because actually 30% of American Muslims are African Americans. Yeah. And they are a, they have a beautiful heritage of remembering this this beautiful faith from people in their families and bringing multi-faith families together. Every once in a while in the South, I have heard, well, you're not black, but you're not white. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we talk about the issues and we talk about my story and their story and about us wanting a better education system for our kids, and about us wanting to make sure that there's jobs and economic security and better wealth for people of color. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when we get to the heart of it and the essence of it, when I talk about being the mother of a son who's 24 years old, who's brown, and his last name is Saeed, mm -hmm. and that last weekend he was out and I got up in the middle of the night on Saturday morning around three o'clock and Sajid's door was open and I knew he wasn't home. And the fear that gripped me, that resonates in all our communities as parents, in our communities of color, in our communities where there is gun violence. And I ended up texting Sajid, because I don't want to be the doting mom, he's a grown up man, right? right. I texted him three words, three letters, mm. U, O, K, yeah. with the question mark. Mm -hmm. And for the next 15 minutes, I just sat making dua and prayer. 
And then he texted me back, yeah, sorry, we're just playing video games. We're out later at night. I'll be home soon. Right. But that resonates with people. It doesn't matter if I'm not from the South Side right now. Mm -hmm. I grew up knowing this kind of life. And now I'm living this life as a as an adult parent, and that that under that people get it. Yeah. On the other end, Tharik, mm-hmm. you and I. I mean, I don't know if you've had the experience, but I, I knock on the door on the Gold Coast, and somebody opens the door, and they're like, "Wow," <laughs> again, and I share who I am. And even there, I have heard comments like, this is great, you know your issues. They ask me about finances, they ask me about budget, how will I generate revenue in Illinois? And I talk about those issues and I tell them what I think. And he goes, wow, I agree with a lot of your policies. You're not white and you're not black. So I will get on both sides of this district an interesting take on my skin tone. And with Reverend Sanders, if I can just say one more thing, Reverend Sanders, who's a a great uh, supporter of mine, has said, Delara, I think we people will realize you and I may not be the same skin tone, but we are the same kind. And maybe that's what we're looking for. Someone who is our kind. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, and it does take a lot of uh, deliberation. It takes a lot of uh, intentionality to move to move beyond. Uh, And I, I almost feel really kind of hokey saying move beyond but to move in a direction that's not totally determined or stuck in the past um we know that chicago's neighborhoods are a result mm-hmm. of you know historical redlining and segregation um you know this this is fact uh, and a lot of those attitudes of separation they still manifest themselves in our in the way we see uh, each other and when it comes to how we vote, uh, who we will, you know, who we listen to, who we take seriously. So even when you mention, you know, uh, somebody somebody coming to the door and saying, well, uh, you're not white and you're not black, <laughs> you know. Um, but you're was, not black. Right. <laughs> like literally a white right. person said that to me. I'm like, So Great. like, uh, yeah, would, we have, would we have given you the time of day yeah. if, if yeah. you were black? Yeah. Or... If you were white, would we have looked at you? Looked at you as just another, you know, a typical politician yeah. uh, coming through. Yeah. So, um, oh, I have to mention this really quickly, just in terms of the Muslim presence in Chicago. Uh, Radio Islam family, if you don't know, if you're not aware of the history of African American Muslims in Chicago, mm-hmm. then that is that is definitely worth your while mm-hmm. and looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to uh, not just, um, well, we know the, the Nation of Islam uh, uh, with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad mm-hmm. uh, and then his son, uh, Imam Muhammad, uh Muhammad, that, that community has been growing, uh, which I'm a, I'm a product, I'm a product of, of, mm-hmm. of that community, mm-hmm. has been growing since the the 50s mm-hmm. um so there are a lot of folks who may not come to the masjid but they still have muslim names mm-hmm. they still recognize they respect islam they respect muslims so i'm not surprised at all that you knocked on doors and were greeted with assalamu alaikum absolutely absolutely in fact go to mosque mariam i mean people should go for either juma prayer or a sunday um lecture series mm-hmm. it's a beautiful mosque it yeah. is a beautiful community Mm-hmm. And we we have to engage with each other. Absolutely. And like I said, there are two mosques in the district. Uh, one of them is in the heart of Bronzeville, historic mm-hmm. Bronzeville, mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, Imam Madyun's Mosque, Masjid al Hassan, another beautiful mosque. And when Imam Madyun is giving khutbah, I'm just that is my that's my fuel for the rest <laughs> of the week. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, I mean, you, he, these are the brothers, you know that that speak to us as Americans, speak to us as parents, speak to us as community members, and we love it. We yeah, love alhamdulillah. It. Gotta hear it. So um, let's talk about uh, your work as an educator, mm-hmm. because if Illinois is ranking 50th out of 50, <laughs> uh, and, and this is something that all parents want, a good education for their children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, the key to education, and I'm, I'm a pragmatist. Um, clearly, uh, we seek education for the purpose of knowledge and the purpose of, um, you know, being creative thinkers and, and all of that. But education is also supposed to prepare us. It's supposed to prepare us with skills. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to prepare us with the critical thinking capacity to build a life, to have economic security, to be ready for jobs, businesses, and entrepreneurship. And really, that's what that's what I see as our role. When when it really uh, pains me that we're 50th out of 50th, it's because we are shortchanging young people to be prepared to have skilled jobs. I don't think in Illinois you get through kindergarten through college, uh, through high school in too many schools across the state. White poverty areas black poverty areas, um, many vulnerable communities. Uh, we are not getting kids ready for the next step in life. You know, most politicians, in being a pragmatist, yeah, right. revenue does not just grow on trees. Mm -hmm. um, we have to have a way to fund uh, education in a way that allows equal access, equal um, uh, achievement. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about moving away from or in, or adding on to uh, an educational system that is financed through property taxes, yeah. What are some of the the what are some of the, the ways that we can actually make that a reality? Yeah. So actually, K twelve education is financed through property taxes. Higher ed is actually also an issue in the state of Illinois. I mean, there's a lot. We're, we've got a brain drain of college students leaving because you know what? They're not getting their MAP grants or their scholarships. If that's a roll of the dice that you're going to actually get the scholarship you're owed, then you will go to a different state and get that uh, scholarship, or or go to a state school in a different state. Actually, my education I started with Head Start preschool for low income children. Mm. That's it. My parents could afford preschool. It had to cost nothing. And so I started with Head Start Preschool and my college education was with a Pell Grant. I would not have made it through college without supports. And so these are the supports our, our students need. We have to generate revenue. Illinois has to have more state revenue. Okay. All right. We've got a caller. We yeah. want to go ahead and um, welcome to Radio Islam. I feel like, um, like Islam. Uh, I just Got wanted to know a quick question. What are some of the first issues that you would address mm -hmm. if elected? Sure. And actually, that speaks to what uh, Tariq was asking just now. now. Tell me your name, sister. Sakia. Sakia. Very nice to meet you, Sakia. Thanks for calling yep. in. Um, number one, it would be so there are things that local politicians and elected officials have to do, mm -hmm. and they're in the purview of your alderman or your county official, and there are things at the state. So remember, I'm running as a state representative candidate, so you want to know what I can do at the state level to help these issues. Yes. Number one is education funding has to be straightened out at the state. So what I said earlier about the state gives you, wherever, you do you live in the city of Chicago, Sakina? Yeah. Okay, the state gives your school 25% of its funding. The local community and your property taxes and the city gives the 75%. The first thing has to change is that ratio. These property taxes are way too high because they include so much of the education funding. So the first thing I would do is make sure that state officials, I'd build a coalition of education uh, um, state legislators. So in, this is not a Chicago problem. In Peoria, we have this problem. In Elgin, we have this problem. In parts of Springfield, we have this problem. So I would build an education caucus. We would focus on righting the wrong in education funding so that we are giving more than 25% from the state to a school. The second thing I would do is give incentives for communities to bring businesses into their communities. Parts of the fifth district are the economic engine of Chicago, the loop and Magnificent Mile. They run the economic engine of Chicago. But there are parts of this district that are completely divested, everywhere from Bronzeville through Washington Park down to Greater Grand Crossing, has huge talent and opportunity. Why aren't we bringing businesses, one, to those areas and employing community members right there? 
We can incentivize that at the state level. Number two, we can make sure that we're incentivizing entrepreneurship with loans and microloans um, for black women who want to start businesses, young couples who want to make sure that they've got a, a strong childcare system so that they can then start their own business. So we've got to bring an economic engine into this community. That would be the second thing I would do, Sakina. And the third thing I would do that at the state level has to be done is guns curbing access to guns. Now, you can say, oh, well, that's just a Southside problem. No, it's not. It's actually a statewide problem. Illinois is importing guns, illegal guns, from states around us. I would work again with our state colleagues in Indiana and in Wisconsin and in Iowa to ensure that illegal guns are not entering Illinois. And I would make sure then that assault weapons are limited. I would also make sure that those with mental illness or mental uh, um, uh, uh, illness do not have access to buying guns. So these are would be my top three areas, education okay. funding, economic development, and um, uh, access to guns would be the three key things I would work on. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Punch 57, do you, 51, do you live in our, our district, Sakina? I believe I do. All right, well, so then, you, you know, remember I said go on votedelara.com and look at the map, okay. you can see uh, where you live. And I'm Punch 51, District 5, uh, first name on the ballot. Okay, <laughs> all right, thank you. That's God bless you. Uh, good luck. Bye thank bye. you for calling. I got a voter. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, now I have to mention, uh, and, and I want to get your response to this, um, I'll set it up. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back. But um, the statistics for uh, African-American males, mm -hmm. unemployment, unemployment statistics, I believe is over 50 percent. 50 to 75 percent in parts yes. of our district on the south and west sides of Chicago. Yep. So a attacking that mm -hmm. um, is a means of reducing uh, crime. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's. That is related to, to so much, just getting that number down. When I talk about education and economic security and then illegal access to guns, they're 100% intersected. Believe yeah. me, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna, we're, we'll pick that up when we come back. Raider Islam family, if you'd like to join us, if you got a comment or a question, uh, if you, um, give us a call at 312-750-1178. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alami. We are broadcasting on WCB 1450 AM, streaming live at www.wcb1450.com. If you would like to interject your voice, your perspective into our conversation, feel free to give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. We have in studio with us, I'm just telling you, she is Dr. Delara. I call her Delara, <laughs> but she she is. Um, and uh, and uh, you and I have hung out. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've known each other for a while. Yeah, your wife's my girlfriend. Yeah. So hey, <laughs> you can call me Delara. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, she's running for uh, Illinois State Rep, fifth district, and a lot of diversity in that district. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we left, actually, I don't I don't know if we really need to rehash that. Um, just kind of mention that uh, unemployment for uh, African-American males in the city. Uh, we're looking at upwards between 50 and what, 70%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that in itself is a, that's a glaring uh, indicator mm-hmm. that current policies uh, are not working, or maybe they are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, depends on what you're, on, on how you see things. You know, you, you actually raise a really great point, and I want to debunk other myths that sometimes we, we put out there that, oh, you know, that, that whole, pick yourself up from the bootstraps, right? Like I came here with nothing and then I, you know, I I just worked hard and it takes work hard, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, and the rules sometimes work for us Mm -hmm. and for some communities, they work against us. It is naive for some of us or all of us to think if we just follow the rules, you're going to be fine. For example, there's actually a rule that still exists that if you are a, a white um, property owner and a black family moves into your neighborhood and your property value goes down, you can get an insurance policy to make sure that they're not going to ruin your neighborhood. This sounds like something from the 1920s and Jim Crow. It's yeah. not. It's on the books right now in Illinois, in Chicago. These wow. kinds of policies have existed. Come on, which of us hasn't walked into a store and on a day where like, you know, my hijab's kind of frumpy, I walk into a store and I'm completely ignored. It's the color of my skin. It's the scarf on my head. So somebody else walks in different skin tone, different way of uh, being treated. So it's naive for those of us who think it just, it takes hard work or you just follow the rules and the rules are gonna work with for you. For so many people and in different communities in specific communities, the rules have not worked for them. In fact, the rules have been the reason they've been penned in and pinned down. And Absolutely. so we have, to break those barriers and advocate for each other. You gotta speak truth to power and we gotta have to do it together because Trump wants us to think that every time you turn on the TV, Tariq, I'm a terrorist or I'm a refugee or I'm a repressed woman. Right. And every time I turn on the TV, you know what? You ought to be behind bars, black man. Mm-hmm or you will be behind bars, black man, right. or you just got out from being behind bars, black man. Yeah. So what we need to do is the silver lining of Trump's presidency will be things like what happened after the travel ban. When I went to the airport, but then so did my gay neighbor and my Latino friend and my Jewish uh, um, you know, partner down the street. Mm-hmm. So that was the silver lining. And after Charlottesville, when khaki-clad, clean-shaven young men were carrying tiki torches, reminiscent of the KKK. Yeah, right out that playbook. Yeah, who who protested? I did, you did, Mm -hmm. we all did. So the silver lining of Trump is going to be, we are gonna break down barriers between us and we are going to work together. We're gonna build coalitions, in fact, an elected official uh, pretty high up in the government said to me, imagine the look on Trump's and Ronner's and any other bigot's face when Illinois sends a teacher, a progressive American Muslim woman who proudly wears her hijab and is not afraid to speak truth to power down to the state house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is not going to be a good day for them. <laughs> it's going to be a great day for us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Inshallah, God Inshallah. willing, please make dua. Uh, we have a caller? Hi, um, assalamualaikum. This Lake is Khadija. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for calling in, Khadija. Hey, Khadija. Thank you. Um, well, first, I just really wanted to make a comment. Um, I think um, you running for office, for public office, is uh, it's wonderful, it's inspirational, and it's just a very much needed thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I applaud you for wanting to make a difference and just wanting to take a healthy stand against just the many injustices that we face right now. And uh, I just think overall it's helping to break down just just you know, the variety of just negative stereotypes mm-hmm. of Islam and of the negative views and things that we have of women, you know, how it's portrayed in the religion. So this is just a breath of fresh air and just just seeing you run. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to witness. And I pray this journey has uh, the needed positive impact on society and that, you know, that to me is success. So you have all my support. <laughs> Thank you. And when you're running for office, girlfriend, you let me know because I'm, I'm on your team. All right. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Thank you. Thank all right. You. Thank you for the call. All right. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum well, Um So speaking to that. Yeah. Spe- <laughs> <laughs> running for office. Right. Speaking to that. Running yeah. for office. Yeah. Uh, and how that impacts people and uh, it inspires them. Um, what does it take? Because you're, you're a first-time candidate. <laughs> I am a first-time candidate gulping from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, what is, what is well? First, let let me say this before mm-hmm. um, before you share your your own personal reflections. I want to say that this is a uh, this is a great time mm-hmm. for uh, I think for not just for uh, for Muslims, but I think for democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we see those people who are who are being attempted to be pushed uh, to the to the fringes of society, that they uh, take up their political arm, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and say we're going to engage in a system. You're not going to x us out. So right now, um, I know I can name a few. Uh, we've had uh, Bushra uh, Amawala, a young 19-year-old DePaul student who's running for Cook County Commissioner, uh, 13th District. Um, uh, what's this? Uh, Samina. Yeah. So the, at the U.S. congressional level, we have Samina yeah. Mustafa running for U.S. Congress. We also have Neil Muhammad, um, the far north side, running for Congress in Illinois. I think those are the two running for Congress at the state level. I believe I am the American Muslim running at the state level. And then at the county level, we have Bushra Amiwala for DuPage County Commissioner. We have Cook. Abdul Nasser Rashid running for du- uh, I'm sorry, Cook. Both of them right. running for Cook County Commissioners. Um, and then at like local levels and uh, DuPage levels, et cetera, we have Mehranunisa Khayyum. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Sadia, uh, who's running in DuPage and Lyle. We have Ibrahim, who's running for the Forest Preserve uh, District. So we have, I believe we have about 10 different candidates in Illinois mm-hmm. running for everything from local to national in 2018 right and see and we're not even Very we're not cool. even we're just looking at illinois right now yeah we just had just bashir illinois. jones um who was uh who won election for uh cleveland city council um alfred muhammad who won in i think somewhere in michigan uh marcus muhammad and um benton harbor michigan is mayor mm-hmm. so uh all that said uh, and there are probably a lot more that we're, we're missing but mm-hmm. um Talk to us about what does it take? Like you said, people have asked you before, you should run, you should run. You said, (laughs) no, get out of here. (laughs) Um, I think uh, everyone Mm -hmm. should consider um, uh, being a public official. I mean, and then you have to look at what you bring to the table, right? So I I, I was a public servant, Mm -hmm. and this is now the next step in my public service is to run for public office. So I think the first thing we need is the candidate that you are or that someone might be. And the second thing you have to think about is the race that they will run, right? right? Different races cost different amount. So finance is something to consider. Different races uh, need different types of strategy. So you have to think about your team and the field and the communications, Right. right? And then are you then the right fit for that race. So first think about again the candidate and then the race. For me, I was a uh, educator and an education expert and policymaker 
the state is where it's at for me. Right. So it was perfect, like environmental uh, policy, education policy, uh, budget policy. Heck, that's what I love digging my nails into and my hands uh, into. And this is where it's at, is at the state level. So it was a, a great fit for my skill sets, right? It was an open seat. If you are a first-time candidate, you should always look for something that's an open seat or a weak incumbent. Really challenging to go up against someone who's been there for 10 years and yeah. probably doing a decent job. Mm -hmm. But if they've been there for 10 years and they're doing a terrible job, they're a weak incumbent. Right. If they're leaving their job, it's an open seat. And then you're not fighting against someone's name recognition. Right, you, you've got the same chance as anybody else running for that seat. So those are the things to think about. And then it's your strategy and plan. So this seat, the election, I mean, everyone talks about elections, oh, they're November, but not really. If you're in Chicago and it's a democratic city, the primary is where it counts. So March 20th is primary election day for Illinois. So I'm actually running a race whose decision will be made March 20th. And that's that's key for, for us to understand because now you plan backwards from March 20th. So f there's two phases of every campaign. Phase one is from when you make the decision to when you get on the ballot, because then you're, um, you know, you've got to collect signatures, you've got to get all your filings in place with the State Board of Education, you've got to start building your team, who's going to be your campaign manager, your finance chair, how much money do you need, all of that stuff. I did that from September to December. Mm. We got these signatures we needed filed in the in the Springfield in the state of Illinois. We got objections to our signatures, so we fought that objection. That came through. Alhamdulillah, all well. God, uh, you know, God is graceful and gracious. Um, we got our team built um, for a national race. People don't realize this. It's about a million or more dollars. Mm. We do not have campaign finance reform. It is one of the, you know, Sister Sakina asked, what would I be working towards? That would be number four. So that we actually can have fresh voices and new faces because otherwise you gotta have a lot of money to yeah. fund your own campaign, which is what we've got at the governor's race now with Pritzker versus Rahner. Yeah. Or you got to have a network and a huge name recognition, which Chris Kennedy does and Daniel Biss, you know, thankfully does as well with his work in the center. So we've actually got a rich race there. Um, but you got to have either a, a lot of money, a lot of name recognition or a lot of contacts to to raise that kind of money. Right. A state race like mine costs about two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what we got to raise to yeah. be a contender. And then a local race can be anything between $10,000 to $100,000, depending on which office you're seeking, right? So there's a lot of money involved. So you got to get all of that settled in that phase one. Can, can you raise it? Can you build the team? Can you get the signatures and the filings down to Springfield? That all happens until December. Mm -hmm. January to March, it's all about number one, connecting with voters, giving them your message, your platform, sharing who you are, straight up asking for their vote. This is who I am, may I have your vote, right? right? And getting as many as possible to say yes, or I will seriously consider you. Right. <laughs> and every door I knock and every community I visit. The other thing to do between January and March is continue raising money because nobody raises all that money in the first phase so then they continue raising money you continue getting endorsements so that you get more money so for example ipace which is the largest education found uh, education pack in the state has endorsed me okay great great so they will be bringing some funds with them Right, so they might bring me $20,000. They might bring me some support in terms of staffers who will walk with me and canvas with me. They might give me guidance in terms of strategy on how to build the next step. Um, Teresa Ma and Will Gazzardi, who are progressive state representatives, have endorsed me. Why is that helpful? Because again, their guidance, their strategic thinking. And these two were ones who fought against the establishment and won. They are not candidates that anybody in the state, you know, um, 
paid or bought. They right. did it on their own. I want to be in their footsteps, right? I want to be the progressive, not bought, not bossed candidate. Mm -hmm. And so this helps to get their endorsements and it raises some money. The other person who's endorsed me is um, Rod Sawyer, Alderman Rod Sawyer. He is chairman of the Aldermanic Black Caucus. Okay. That's empowering because again, I sh it shows a diversity of support. Teresa Ma is the first Asian American at our state level. Mm -hmm. Will Gazzardi is you know, uh, the first pr uh, major progressive at the state level. Rod Sawyer is a, an African American leader at the, at the city and state level. So this is, these are all important and strategic endorsements to have. This is all that you're doing between January and March, getting voters, mm -hmm. getting endorsements, getting more money. Now, Raja Krishnamurthy, Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy, Congressman Keith Ellison, who's been a dear friend and supporter, they've endorsed me, but they're at the congressional le level and, and, and maybe at the ground level in the state and the city, that's not as powerful, but it's it, it sure gives me a lot of support, right? Oh yeah, definitely means something, yeah. definitely. But in the end, the endorsements will come from the voters. Yeah. In the end, the support will come from community influencers. Do you know the number one largest group of community influencers that have endorsed me and supported me? No. Who? <laughs> Faith-based leaders. Okay. African-American um, pastors, reverends, are of course American Muslim um, imams and uh, Jewish progressive leaders. Why? I think they see that a person of faith who's progressive and inclusive at the state level mm -hmm is a value add. And again, I asked uh, Reverend Albert Boyd straight up. I said, sir, I am so humbled to have your support. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know why I'm not Christian and I'm not black. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Delara, I didn't know representation was based on your skin color. Mm. I thought it was based on your character. Right. And I thought it was based on the work that you will do and have been doing. You will fight for us. I know it. You've been fighting for families and students for decades. And then you'll go down to Springfield and you'll fight even harder. And that's why I support you. And that is humbling. Yes. It is God's grace. And, that, and, and that's a mark of, um, of consistency. Mm. Right. It's one thing, not being a flash in the pan. Mm. Uh, the fact mm. that you spent, you know, over 20 years uh, in education. Uh, and what I mentioned was I like the way it's, it's, it's phrased. Um, we're, we're used to the school to prison pipeline. Mm. But you uh, referenced the cradle mm -hmm. to prison pipeline. Yeah. And this is a very uh, this is a reality. And it is not it is not by any means the reality of every uh, African-American uh you know, there certainly is a there's there's accomplishment, there's a, there's there's activity that is going on, but we also know that uh, the African American community is disproportionately represented um, within the prison system, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, and the numbers simply don't lie about that. So to have uh, to have for anybody who's working, regardless of what your your color, ethnicity, whatever it is, um, that is working to dismantle that, mm -hmm. uh, and has some time doing it, that's something. Uh, that, that resonates uh, yeah. with the folks that, that deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. We know we are disproportionately underserving vulnerable communities. African-American young men are high on that list. You know, uh, I was actually talking about talking with one of our leaders. When we talk about um, the, 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 the would-be future terrorists or the would-be uh, future criminals uh, that come from different communities, they don't come because that's just meant to be what they are. Right. They come from a desperation. They come from a marginalization. They come from a system that drives them to do that because there is no other hope. My God, we have to change that. Now, having said that, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I live a, I'm a head start kid who lives in a high rise, right? A dream come true and all of that. You know who lives in the penthouse of my building? Oh. A black man who's a professor at Harvard and he goes back and forth between Harvard and Chicago and he is at the business school at Harvard. And I, I get on the elevator, 
with uh, Doctor and I, uh, Doctor Rogers, and I and I and I'm happy to get off on my floor, and I'm even happier that he's going to ride all the way up to the penthouse. <laughs> These are all the role models we all need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, 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 Ibrahim just just told me that we are winding down. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our goes fast here. When, yeah. Uh, yeah, it really does. Um, what's one of the things that you want? The, the Radio Islam family, for those who may not be, because we have a, our listening audience is, is not all Muslim, right? Yep. So we've, I know we have about, it's about a 50-50 sure. uh, split. So what do you want to tell some of the, uh, uh, the folks that may have just now become introduced to you? Yes. Um, I wanted to repeat what the Reverend Sanders says. We may not be the same skin tone. Mm -hmm. We may not come from the same ethnic or racial backgrounds. We may not have the same professional backgrounds, but we can be of the same kind. Mm. And what we look for each other is who is the same kind as me? Who cares about the same things as me? Who wants for America what it is meant to be? And then we work with those people. We work with each other and we make it the America it is meant to be. Okay. Uh, the website is votedolara.com. Very simple. Would love your vote. Would love you to get civically engaged. Would love your contributions because you know now how much my race costs. <laughs> yes. And there is no stopping in the middle of a race. No. So. We are going to go all the way, inshallah, and inshallah. God willing, uh, to Springfield to represent our, all our community. Inshallah. So we thank you again for coming in and talking with the Radio Islam family. Uh, all right, Radio Sound family, uh, tomorrow, join us tomorrow, 6 p.m., something a little bit lighter. We're going to be talking about, uh, it's, it's movie talk uh, with uh, Bubba and Tariq, and we are talking about Black Panther, which I am actually running out of here to go to a screening of. Cool. Uh, we want to thank our uh, engineer over at WCV, Leonard. Thank you very much, sir. Thank our in-studio engineer, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq el -Amin. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, as always, the words, uh, the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as representative of Sound Vision, Inc. I'm going to leave you at this point as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.